Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com, code GLOW. LMFM Sunday Sport. Your sport. Your station. Now we've got Fergal Lynch on the line from the Mead Chronicle. We're going to have a little catch up about all things Mead GA. And Fergal, uh, before we get into uh, some of the more, I suppose, uh, important discussions or the more, um, how would I say it, more controversial maybe in some ways discussions, the Hurlers yesterday defeated or beat defeat Kerry, but not enough to get them through to that uh, Joe McDonough Cup final. Just looking at the results this year, obviously I've not been at any of the matches myself, but inconsistency seems to be the thing that's really dogged them. They put in some really good performances and they've been followed up by some really disappointing ones. So is that a kind of a fair summation of where they're at at the moment? Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. And uh, also inconsistency within matches themselves where, you know, against Kerry down in Tralee, they um, started quite poorly and looked to be bet all ends up before eventually they recovered and ran Kerry to three points in that game. So an inconsistent... Uh, performances all across the board both from one game to the next and also within the matches but probably left themselves with too much to do yesterday and they need us I think it was an eight point victory to uh, to top the, the group on scoring difference uh, and for a while there in the latter stages of the game it looked like they could possibly do it but again I think it was while it wasn't as bad a first half performance as they had down in Tralee uh, they left themselves, uh, you know, in a, in a difficult position at half time and needed a, another super second half performance again yesterday. But I suppose performances like that just shows what they're capable of, and and it's just finding that level of consistency. And in terms of the the the, the player kind of uh, the makeup at this point, I know we know Mickey Burke is back with them this year after many years with the footballers, and and the dual role wasn't really working out from the, given the way things are these days. But you know. Are the are the players coming through again? I appreciate that I'm not out at matches. I'm not watching. I'm not seeing the game, so it's hard to tell like what what sort of t- talent pool there is there. But is there a, is there kind of a, a bit of a bit more of a production line of player coming through than there might have been maybe five, six, seven years ago? I look at there's there's always players coming through, and I know uh, Nick Fitzgerald had a very promising minor team that won an All Ireland minor B uh, before he went on and took over the senior team for a couple of years. So there were there were plenty of promising young players on that. And uh, if you go to any the any of the underage games, I was at an under fifteen minor fi- or under fifteen final a couple of weeks ago between Trim and Navin Matneys, and there was some outstanding hurlers in that. So there's always a conveyor belt of talent coming through. 
But uh, even I heard Cheddar Plunkett, the leash manager on one of the other radio stations yesterday, and just bemoaning the fact that you know Antrim are been relegated back down to the Joe McDonough from senior. The, the teams with aspirations are, are teams that have you know dreams of competing at the highest level need to be playing at that highest level on a consistent basis. So for the likes of Antrim or Leash or even Mead, uh, going up and down through the grades. So for in Mead's case, going from Christy Ring to Joe McDonough back down to Christy Ring and coming back up again, it hasn't really served much purpose uh, in terms of improvement and progression. But yesterday's win over Kerry was Mead's first in, in three years, I think in 10 Joe McDonough Cup games. It was the first time they'd managed to get a victory in the Joe McDonough Cup. Um, and yet if they lose... You know, next week to Kildare, they're back down in the Christie Ring again, and that's not going to help the progression of Mead Hurling. They need to be playing at a consistent level, a consistently high level, to maintain improvement. Yeah, that's for sure, and we just have to um, maybe hope that the GEA take a hold of that one at centre level and see if they can make some changes. So I guess I wanted to talk about some uh, issues around Mead GA in general. I should start by saying that we did extend an invite a couple of weeks ago to Mead GA Chairman John Cavanagh to come on the show and discuss some important issues, but that invite was declined. Now, one of the things I wanted to ask John was what's happening with the redevelopment of Park Talton because it's all been quiet for a while. We know there's been the COVID situation. But Fergal, have you heard any news on what's happening there or when things might start moving? <laughs> no. no, I'm as much in the blind as everybody else uh, about this one, David, there, there was a long, I know there was a long drawn out process at the very beginning. Uh, one of these bureaucracy kind of took over and a big debate about oh, which side of the stadium will we start on? And that took up an awful lot of uh, the early days, even you know, pre-pandemic problems, uh, that, that that was the big issue. Which side of the stadium will they start on before they settled on, on starting on the terrace side? Um, and then, of course, the pandemic hit and everything ground to a halt. Uh, I'm not even 100% sure. I'm sure the money that was promised by Crow Park and from uh, various different grants, I'm sure that's still available uh, from the infrastructure fund. I'm sure it's still available. But as of yet, we haven't seen anything, any movement of any shape or form in the redevelopment of Park Tulchin. And at this stage, it probably looks more likely that Loud Stadium will be uh, definitely up and running before we even... Uh, get started in Navan and and our process started a lot longer before theirs. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's the sort of question that would have been it would have been great to have answered by the chairman himself. But uh, maybe we'll get him on another time. Hopefully, he might take up our invite at some point in the future. I suppose all this talk around the, the or the lack of talk maybe around the, the stadium had me thinking. I mean, we look at the house draw, and I appreciate that the house draw is a couple of years ago now. The last one took place at the end of twenty nineteen, so well before the COVID situation got grip of everything around the world. So the draw made a profit of three hundred and fifty thousand. The profits from the profits over one hundred and ninety-seven thousand went back to the club through commissions gained from ticket sales. That's a profit of one hundred and fifty-three thousand euro from a target of one point five million. So just over ten percent of the target was achieved. Now I was looking earlier on at the secretary's report from twenty twenty. Disappointment was expressed as to what was raised. There was also a line about how ambitious the project was, and without ambition, you'll get you'll get nowhere. But the question I suppose I would have uh, for the chairman and for the people involved in Mead GA is why, how did the money race fall so far short of, of the projections? Was it that the projections were so far beyond what was realistic? And if so, where did that figure of 1.5 million come from? How was that arrived at? If the figures were deemed realistic by Mead GA, then that would point to me anyway to a huge misunderstanding in terms of how engaged people are within the county uh, and with, it, with Gaelic games within the county. A reminder again that this all happened before COVID. The last draw took place in 2019. So Fergal, I'm guessing I'm trying to wrap my head around how the money raised was so low in what is considered to be a traditional GEA county. And I'm wondering 
if Mies GA and admin, at an admin level has maybe a reputational problem due to some of the high profile negative headlines over the years. I'm thinking of like the floodlights in Park Dalton which went up and then had to come down. When you look at the championship draws a few years ago which were voted in and then a derogation was needed to scrap them. When you look at the current chairman and the way his predecessor had to step down and the national headlines that that made. I'm wondering if all those issues have really damaged Mies GA's reputation and if that would go some way to explaining why big fundraising initiatives within the county fall on their face. It's a hard thing maybe to quantify, but it's it's possibly the only thing I could think of that would explain why there was such a massive difference between what was projected and what was raised. Is that something that you get a sense of within your you know role as a journalist within the county for so many years? Because it's the only thing I can think of that, that makes sense in terms of why the, the money raised was so small. Yeah, look, it's a quandary and it really is a puzzle. Um, I know, and, and there has been a lot of criticism of the county board down through the years. And um, and I know the old line that's put out generally is, you know, well, they're volunteers to the to the association and, you know, they're, they're giving up their time for free and all that sort of stuff. But that shouldn't be an excuse for, you know, not working hard at something. I know we all volunteer or many of us volunteer at our own local clubs and we do it for nothing and we do it to the best of our ability and I'm sure that many people involved in the county board are working hard to the best of their ability but uh, yeah the, the house draw really was uh, nothing short of a disaster really it was great for the clubs and the clubs got great money um, in terms of their percentages out of it and, and they really sold it and it was good to see that they got their reward for it but the aim of the house draw was to raise funds for the redevelopment of Park Tulch and, and and that fell ridiculously short. It really was embarrassingly short when you look at how uh, other counties have performed. You see what Roscommon have done. You see what Mead, or sorry, Loud have done. And, and just all over the country, there seems to be a huge uh, wave of support behind these type of fundraising initiatives. But in Mead, we struggle to get them off the ground. And, and you know, even in terms of season tickets, when they, when they go on sale, Mead would do well to sell 250, 280 season tickets, yet they're sold out every year in Mayo and Dublin and Kerry and places like that. Now, I know you can say, well, the, the carriers of, for, is there for the supporters that mm. they might reach All-Ireland Finals and they can be have access to a ticket. But, you know, we're we're meant to be a stronghold of, of the GAA in the country. and uh, But just the support base there from the financial end of it, it just doesn't seem to be there. And we fall short on these... Uh, fundraising initiatives, whether that's uh, down to a lack of, uh, I, I don't know, a lack of invention from the county board in, in terms of how to promote these things, if it's just an apathy amongst supporters um, and, and people in the community out there just to not to buy the tickets, or even if the tickets are too dear, like people have, have many uh, things to pay for at this stage and uh, they find it difficult to stump up the money for for tickets for house draws and and euro euro million syndicates and stuff like that, but yeah, it's definitely uh, there's been a lot of negative headlines and uh, surrounding MGA down through the years, and uh, you know, despite success for the miners in uh, winning the Leinster and has done so three or four, three out of the last four years, and winning promotion to Division One for the senior footballers and uh, needed hurlers winning the Christie Ring Cup, there there are positive things on the field. But we could do with a few more positive stories off the field as well, starting with when are we going to see uh, a bit of work done in Park Tolchin because the place really is, it, it's a shambles. I know there was an awful down, downpour of rain during the game against Longford and when you watch the water busting through the gutters down on top of the, the mm. concrete steps where the 
Longford subs had been sitting just moments earlier, they'd just gone in for that for the half time break, they would have been soaked with the water that came down. It's just not good enough for uh, what's an excellent pitch and a, and a great surface and obviously a venue that's favoured a lot by Leinster Council. Yeah. But uh, they, they really need to do something about the, the structure that's there. Yeah, and just to, you know, just to be 100% clear, like the stuff I mentioned there around the, the, the draws a couple of years ago, the floodlight issue, uh, the fact that you know Peter O'Halloran had to step down in, in not ideal circumstances. Like this isn't this isn't all on John Cavanagh's door. Like this isn't all his fault. It's very little of it, in fact, is. But it's it's it's. I I just I'm just getting at. It. I'm trying to kind of get a feel for if if it is when we look at that again. We go back to the draw. What was expected to be raised and what was actually raised. If there is some kind of reputational thing there that made people mead club people. And I speak to like a handful of club people around the place here and there over the last few months. And there's a general kind of like, well, we just we just look after our own fundraising within the club. We don't kind of we don't get involved in MGA. And one word you mentioned there was apathy. And if there is that apathy out there, and the, the, the evidence would suggest there is, that has to be tackled some way or other. And we're not seeing it. Like, we're not seeing... I, I mentioned earlier that we invited the chairman to come on to the show, declined the offer, fair enough. But would you not get out in front of these things and show a bit of leadership and take the bull by the horns and show people that you want to turn things around, get an understanding of what the issues are out there, why was the raise, why was the money raised so low, what's going on? And maybe, look, maybe they're doing this behind the scenes, I don't know, but because because we're not told anything, we, we've no idea, we're guessing. So that's the sort of thing I mean. If that apathy, apathy is out there, it's not going to turn itself around, you know, by magic. There needs to be a, a real grip taken of this and, and try and restore some faith in in me GA if that's what the issue is you know what I mean I just don't understand why you know we're not seeing a bit more leadership and a bit more up, up frontness we'll get on to the under 20 thing in a second which was another issue but it's just it just feels like a, a real firm grip needs to be taken things to turn things around and it's just drifting along Hey I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, and, and in fairness to, to John Cavanagh, like John Cavanagh is a, a, the most dedicated GA man in the county and, and he's he's Oh I don't and I don't I don't doubt that for a second. Yeah, yeah, I know that, but I, but I do feel that he was kind of parachuted into that role uh, all of a sudden because of the, the previous uh, chairman's mm. Uh, resignation and it just seems to be that every chairman that has has taken over nearly since uh, Clinton Guinnessy had had uh, stepped down from the role has been firefighting. It just seems to be constantly firefighting and it's putting out one fire and then another one starts somewhere and that has to be put out and um, you know things are, are difficult on the field. I suppose if Mead were involved in all Ireland finals uh, yeah. and supporters, we had ten, twelve thousand at every home game in, in Parkhouse and. 
you know, all success breeds success, I suppose. And when when we haven't been as successful on the field, it can breed that apathy off us. Uh, and communities do get involved in their clubs. And I know uh, from our own club here in in these pandemic times, which you know it's it's an excuse that that is a very valid one. That you know a lot of people, a lot of club people are focusing on their clubs and how they can raise money for their club and and make sure that that's still there when we do come out the other side of all this. Uh, but it is just it's, it seems to be a firefighting position nearly uh, been involved in the county board and, and it's difficult rumbling on from one controversy to a row to a, uh, an awkward situation to a disappointing house draw to, it, it just seems yeah. to be rolling on from one issue to another yeah and I suppose that's where you know it would be great to sit down with, with, with John or with whoever you know in the Mead County Board and to discuss these things and, and to try and tease out because you know we're we're sitting here you're, yourself the same as myself to an extent you're, you're, you're trying to kind of piece things together and you're trying to figure out why there is um you know, why there is maybe a disconnect between the, the public and Mead, if that's what it is, when, when we look at the, the house draw and stuff like that, you're trying to figure it out a little bit. It would be great to get an, an insight and an understanding into exactly what, what the, the powers that be feel is going, what's being done right, what's being done wrong, because there's no doubt they could come in and tell us there's, there's lots of things being done right. You touched on the, you know, the underage success in the football and hopefully that will filter through to the under-20s, but there's lots of things that we'd love to kind of talk a bit more about. And I, I think that the... The days of just kind of like sticking your head in the sand and hoping things are, are going to get better and not talking, I, I just feel that that doesn't really help and it, it kind of damages things more than more than it helps things. But we'll, we'll touch back on that in a second. I want to turn briefly to the under-20 situation. We know, you know, that Bernard Flynn stepped down a while ago and this is a county that has produced on-field leaders like Colm O'Rourke, Mick Lyons, Matty Kerrigan, Tommy Dow, Jerry McEntee. I could go on, but just to mention another leader, Graham Gowardy, who was part of that Bernard Flynn backroom team and stood down. He was quoted in the paper last weekend as saying, it was massively disappointing how weak the county board was in this. They had the charter, but they chose not to honour it. They should have been showing leadership. This is the charter that was signed, apparently, by uh, Andy McEntee and Bernard Flynn, and the county board oversaw it all, and it was agreed that the under-20 players that were involved with the seniors would be allowed to play with the under-20s. Now, we contacted me, GA, at the time, as you know, Fergal, mm-hmm. around the time of Bernard's resignation, and we basically got a, a response that the, there was a meeting the evening of the county uh, championship draws to discuss it. A couple of days after that, Sean Kelly and Barry Callaghan were announced as the new management team. And it seemed to be a case of, you know, let's move on. There was no comment from the county board about the charter. There was no comment on what was agreed between the senior and under 20 management. Now, if I'm, you know, a chairman of a county board and a former player of Graham Gowdy's profile calls my, me and my board weak, I think I might be inclined to come out and defend my position. Um, now, you know, the approach seems to be not to say anything at all, good or bad. I understand they can't get involved in mudslinging here and there and everywhere and comment on everything, but I don't understand why they maybe wouldn't have come out and been a little bit more clear about this issue and other issues that we've discussed. As I said a little bit earlier, that kind of silence all the time, and when you are at when you ask for a comment about a particular issue and you basically just get a one-line, no-comment kind of response, we'll talk about this in a meeting on Sunday evening, but nobody will know what goes on in the meeting. Again, I'm not sure, and I appreciate we're talking, you know, from the media side of things, but... I would have thought if if the county board came out a little bit here and there and spoke to the media about certain issues and explained their position, because I'm sure there are good explanations for things that we just don't know about, that that would maybe inspire confidence a little bit more in, in people within the county that maybe are a little bit disenfranchised. But this kind of blanket no comment thing, I, I again, I appreciate I'm looking at this from the media point of view as you are, but I don't know if that really serves a huge purpose all the time. Sometimes you maybe are better off saying nothing, but sometimes surely you have to come out and say things and defend your position. Yeah, well, look at it. It's a point that I've always made um, about our local media, and Me Chronicle, LMFM, um, the weekend or when they were there, the Draw the Independent are, are involved as well in Me GA. That essentially, 
we're, we're not the national media. We're not out there looking for the salacious story. We're not looking to run anybody down. We're, we're essentially cheerleaders for all our sporting organisations and our sports people in this county. And we want to promote them to the best of our ability. But we need help to do that. We need the cooperation of the various different organisations to do that. So, and it's a point that I have made um, to the PROs down through the year, the various different PROs that me GA have had, that if there is an incident or if there is uh, something coming on the horizon that you know could potentially not shine too too kindly on me GA, get out in front of it and own it, and and you know use the media to get your message out there. That's what Meads Chronicle is there for. I'm sure that's what LMFM are there for as well. Is to is to get the message out to the supporters and to the club members and. No, own the situation rather than letting speculation get in and you know, you know kind of a poison starts to go through the whole system then and with right with rumors and all sorts of different stories going around about what happens at this 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 meeting and what happened at another meeting and this fella said that about that fella and that just doesn't serve any good to anybody so and again, it's not just me, GA, it can be uh, local soccer, it yeah. can be horse racing, it can be cycling, it can be anything. The organisations need to get out in front of difficult situations and own them. And as I said, that's what us local media organisations are here for. We're, we're essentially cheerleaders for our for our local sports heroes. And uh, while we're delighted and, and we always will, and, and the organisations always come forward when there's good news, yeah. um, mm. they need to come, come as well and, and look for our help to help control the narrative on situations that mightn't be, you know, as palatable to them. Yeah, and I know from from speaking to, to people, you know, close to the Mead County Board that, you know, not everybody would agree with this kind of no comment on everything. Some some people would feel that they should be coming out and, and making, especially when you know there there's there's nothing there's nothing to see in a lot of time in a lot of cases. But it, the fact that as you said there, when no comment is made on something, it maybe leads to speculation that there's something else going on. When actually a, a two minute conversation could clear up a lot of stuff. But as I said, look, the invitation is always there from anybody to come on. We've had a, we've had Seamus Kenny on in the past. It would be great to get the chairman on to have a few uh, to have a few minutes of a chat about these different things because you know. Again, I don't understand personally why, you know, the county board chairman wouldn't come on and talk about these things. I'm not sure what, what and I'm not saying that they're afraid of anything, but I'm not sure what the what the negative of it could be. You know, come on, put your case across. People can listen in, they can agree, they can disagree, they can disagree with me on what I'm saying here today. Uh, I'm sure plenty will, but... I don't really understand what's to be what's to be lost by by coming out and and speaking for twenty minutes or half an hour or giving an interview for a paper for for half an hour. But look, I'm not in that position. Maybe I'm missing something. But it it just doesn't make sense to me why why you know people wouldn't come on and talk about these things. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'll just reiterate the point there that you know it's it's better to get out ahead of these things and own the situation and. Uh, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, put your spin on it, and and don't let these rumours fester or or bad uh, thoughts going around the place fester in people's mind, of which can grow and just get totally out of hand. Like some of the stories that were that have gone around that were completely untrue about the many different controversies down through the years have just been ridiculous. Whereas you know, a simple comment at the start of the of the situation from the county board would have quelled all that, and uh, and and the story would have been put to bed.
Yeah, and I, I, you know, just to, to finish off on this, I do appreciate that. It's a very difficult job, and I'm not a GA administrator myself. I appreciate that everybody in the Mead County Board, I don't doubt are doing their best, but I just feel that sometimes if if an offer to come on and have a little chat with somebody about, about things comes up, then maybe sometimes it will be better, not every time necessarily, but maybe the odd time it will be better to come in and just have a little bit of a chat, because I'd love to know what's happening with Park Talton, and I'm sure lots of Mead supporters out there would as well. Just one final point on this. Like, you're in the you're in the, the local media for 40 years, sorry, 20 years now, Fergal, and uh, you know, you've seen a lot of changes at the top table in me. You mentioned that. Um, have you seen any kind of change or progression in how in how things, particularly negative stories, are dealt with? I'm I'm going to guess from what you said earlier that it hasn't changed greatly. Oh well, uh, you know, you go back to well, Finton was the the chairman when uh, when I first started, and um, Finton's uh, response to a query that mightn't have been as positive, mightn't have been as polite as no comment. But right, <laughs> Finton okay. was a was a a great chairman and somebody who uh, loved the rule book and, and really applied it strictly and, and that was what made him such a strong chairman. Um, I, I find now that the association has just, it's grown enormously in the last 20 odd years and the role of a chairman uh, is just completely different probably now than what it was back then and and it's not a job for one man anymore and and the amount of work that a chairman, that a secretary, uh, the treasurer has to do. There's just so many different elements to being involved in the county board that it really is, it's a full-time position, uh, unpaid as well, we know, within the GEA. Mm. And it's probably harsh on on the people that are in these positions. It's harsh on them to be subject to a lot of criticism, which they are. Um, it's harsh on them for a job that they volunteer for and you know, they really need more support to be able to, to do the job. But it is a completely different role now than what it was 20, 25 years ago. Yeah, OK. Well, we'll, we'll leave that particular point there. And as I said, if the uh, the offer is always there to uh, me, chairman, or whoever wants to come on and discuss these issues, it'd be great to get a little bit more insight. And to, I'm sure put me in my place on a few different issues as well because I'm, I'm sure I don't I'm, I'm fairly certain I don't know everything that's going on in there very little of it in fact so just uh, you're trying to kind of piece these things together and it would be really interesting to kind of get the, you know the perspective from the inside and to let us know exactly what's going on and to answer a few questions just one final point uh, to turn back to issues on the field Fergal uh, Mead and Dublin next Sunday Stephen Cluxon looks like he's gone Mead put up a big score last Sunday am I clutching the straws here do we have any chance yeah, I don't think I'm going to go down that line again after last year. We went into the Leinster final last year uh, thinking that maybe this could be the year that, that something might change off the back of the, uh, I think it was 12 goals in the two games against Wicklow and Kildare and we thought maybe we could rattle Dublin with a few and, and we might get them a little undercut and we all saw what happened last November. So I'm not going to get my hopes up uh, because it's the hope that kills you but I'm always an eternal optimist and uh Meet against Dublin, anything can happen. And hopefully, from a Mead point of view, it could be an upset. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed. And actually, just before I let you go, you might have heard our chat with Moira O'Shock. See there, you were down in Burr yesterday. What did you make of that game? Yeah, yeah, I was down I was down there. And uh, just exactly what Moira was saying, you know, you went into the game with, with probably little expectation uh, from the outside looking in with little expectation of beating Cork. But um, when they reflect on the game and, and the few missed frees and three or four efforts dropped short into the goalkeeper's hand, the goal disallowed, which is bizarre. We, nobody can really explain why it was disallowed and hitting the crossbar and the concession of a goal 30 seconds before halftime. Everything seemed to conspire against them, but you would definitely come away from the game feeling really proud of the girls and how well they played and 
and it really was a brilliant performance but just the little things that went against him that you'll also be frustrated with it that you didn't beat Cork who are let's face it one of the one of the best teams in the country yeah, absolutely, and it's Tipperary next up, as uh, as Moira said, as we mentioned earlier. Listen, Fergal, thanks so much for for taking the time this Sunday afternoon to discuss uh, a myriad of issues in the G, and maybe we'll get a, a little bit more light shed in them in the coming weeks. Thanks so much. No problem. LMFM Sunday Sport, your sport, your station. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers, and if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.